Hello, podcast family. I am super excited about our theme for today. Uh, we are going to be speaking about conquering the mountain of fear because fear will stop you from living everything that God puts in front of you, good or bad. Whatever it is that comes your way, fear will stop you and paralyze you. And so I want to start saying that, um, sharing with you a vision I had uh, when I was 22 years old. I had just been through um, a broken engagement. And it was extremely difficult to go through that. My sister had just died four months before. And then, you know, we, we had all that, you know, very, very difficult um, situation as a family. My sister was only 15 years old. She was very sick. And within a year, you know, of treatment and stuff, and she passed away. Can you imagine? But now, you know, but then I had my fiancé, and I thought, you know, soon I'm going to be getting married, and I'm going to give my parents grandchildren, and, you know, my sweet sister Pauline is gone, but God is so faithful. He's sending somebody else to our family. And then four months after this, after she dies, my fiancé decides that he wants to break up with me. And it was like, you know, just taking the ground off, you know, from underneath my feet. It was an extremely difficult moment to me and to my family. And in the middle of all that, God gave me a vision. I'm not going to share the entire vision today, but I will share part of it, okay? I saw myself inside a castle. And it was it was not a huge castle, but it was mine. And this castle was made out of three rooms. We had, you know, the the foyer or you know the, the entrance of of the castle where you didn't walk in, there was this front room full of people. People I cared about, people whose opinions about me was very important. And um, there was the first room, then you had the second room, which is the room that I actually saw first. This room was beautiful. It had many, many pictures on the walls, pictures that I had painted. And each one of those pictures were dreams that I had, you know, um, that I had fed in my heart. And so those pictures are colorful and beautiful and everything I had ever dreamed. And you need to understand I'm a big dreamer, so it's not hard for me to dream. And so I love that room. I truly love that room. But then all of a sudden, I saw this giant hand with a hammer. And I hear the voice of the Lord. He says, Patricia, I want to take you out of your castle and bring you into my fortress. But in order to do that, I need to destroy your castle. Now, guys, can you imagine that God is asking me to destroy everything I ever dreamed, all my plans, everything I had um, thought of in my heart that was a difficult decision but because I know the Lord and I know how much he loves me and his character I knew he would never take me from 
a good place and put me in a worse place. He would always take you from good to better. From good to better. And so um, what happened is that um, in that moment, I said, Lord, you may destroy it. And he said, but before I destroy these two rooms, which I already described to you guys, the entrance and the main room where all my dreams were, he said, there's another room that needs to be destroyed first. And so he said, do you see those stairs up there? I said, yes, Lord. He said, let's go up there with me. I need to destroy that little room first. And when we, we, we went up the stairs, we get up there and he opens the door. There's this itty bitty dark room. And I thought, what is this? I didn't even know the room was there, guys. That's the thing. I didn't even see it there. And the Lord said, this is the room of fear. And it was completely dark, completely dark. He said, I need to destroy this room. I said, okay, Lord, go ahead. And so he destroyed the room with just one hammer, like just one hit from that hammer, destroyed the room completely. We went down the stairs. Then also again, one hit destroyed that whole room of dreams. Then we went through the foyer, the, the entrance. And all those people, I cared about those people. I wanted them in my life. And the Lord comes and one hit, that whole room is gone. And the moment I put my foot out of the castle, is that I realized Jesus is standing right beside me. See, I, I could not see him until I stepped out of my castle. All I saw was the giant hand and the giant hammer. Why am I telling you this? Um, because, the, well, there's a continuation to the dream, which is wonderful, it's beautiful. Um, I want you to look forward to um, the next um, the next recording, okay? The next audio, the ne next um, message I share with you guys, because I will finish this vision for you, okay? Just for now, trust me, it is beautiful what the Lord is about to reveal to me. But why am, why am I telling you this? Because we're talking about fear. First thing I want to say to you is there's no, there's no light about fear. There's no, nothing good. The no, and yes, there's a certain fear God put in us for our own protection. Okay. Uh, the, that, you know, that good sense of, you know, your surroundings and, you know, am I in a dangerous place? That type of fear. Yes. You know, you should be wise. And you shouldn't put yourself in a, in a situation of danger, because the Bible says we should not be, you know, testing, you know, God in a foolish way. I'm not talking about that, about a self-preservation thing. I'm talking about the fear that paralyzes. I'm talking about, you know, situations that you are being unable to make a decision to move forward from, because. Fear is just paralyzing you. And the problem is sometimes to know when uh, when a fear is just something out of wisdom. You know, just my, my wisdom is speaking to me. Be careful. You've been through this situation before. You don't want to go there again. You don't want to get hurt like this again. There's a difference you know, between this 
and oh my goodness I've been through that no 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 I'm running away from this because I will not allow myself to get hurt again and then we will not even analyze that situation ask the Lord about that situation those people that door that opportunity because we're so scared that it will happen again what happened in the past that we lose opportunities to move forward and live something new with the Lord and so God wants you to discern between the two of them God wants you to be set free from the fear that paralyzes fear is not anything good and here's the thing that is a little bit scary let me use that word about the vision I had is that fear was there and I didn't even know it was there sometimes fear disguises itself in in through other feelings and, and some thoughts and it's so hidden in us that we can't see it guys it is extremely important to walk in the light of the Holy Spirit and that's why the Word of God is so important and powerful in our lives we cannot allow fear to be um, you know to be present and we're not even aware of it we need to be aware so we can rebuke it so we can conquer it so we can you know um, overcome it and so uh, yes the theme today is you know overcoming the mountain of fear because fear is not supposed to be present in our lives there is a sentence that I found extremely um, um, clever and true that says it is in the mountains the mountains ahead that wears you out it is the grain of sand in your shoe so I'm gonna say this to you again it is in the mountain ahead of you that wears you out but it is the fear that is like that annoying grain of sand in your shoe there's the small things we don't deal with those are the things that are going to bother us the most they're going to hurt us the most they're going to stop us from walking forward moving forward to live the next adventure with God and so that's why I'm here I'm here to share with you so that the same grains you know of sand I used to have in my shoe you might get rid of them in your own shoe maybe you are not aware and you're feeling I'm, I'm feeling so tired so discouraged so fearful I'm feeling so um, paralyzed and I don't know why well there are grains of sand in your shoes that you need to get rid of and so let's get rid of the grain of in your shoe of fear because that is not going to stop you from live, living God's best for you anymore in Jesus name um, and so fear might look like an impossible test to overcome but when you have the right perspective fear is just a little mount and not a mountain so right now in your life fear might have so much space that you think this is a fear this is a mountain I cannot conquer fear is always going to be present in my life I, I grew up in a household full of fear we were moved by fear I was taught to be afraid of everything as a self-preservation uh, uh, you know um, 
or as a, as a wisdom thing, but it wasn't wisdom, it wasn't self-preservation, it was just, it was just overwhelming fear. And so now if you're thinking, fear has been present in my life always. Fear has always been there. I don't even know if I know how to function without fear. Oh, you, and I tell you right now, you absolutely will be able to function without fear. You're going to be able to function with freedom, with faith, with love, with revelation, and with many other things God is going to equip you with. He's equipping you with right now as we speak in Jesus' name. I'm declaring the chains of fear are being broken off your life in Jesus' name right now. And as I share the word of God, you're going to become freer and freer. And by the end of this, you know, I want you to go ahead and pray. Psalm 27 is the very next audio there. I want to pray because I'm always going to be doing this, sharing a message and sharing a word of God and, and a prayer based on a specific scripture that has everything to do with what we just learned. Because there's so much power in praying the word of God. And so, family, um, let me let me say this to you. Let me share something to you with you. I remember I was uh, in France with my children, and um, my husband was traveling, and we were a little bored at home. And we live in the south of Portugal, and so I said, "Okay, let's um, let's get in the car." We boarded our dogs with a wonderful lady that takes really good care of them. And we, we went on a road trip that I really didn't know where it was going to end up. Uh, that's something else I'll share with you guys um, in, in details in another, um, in another um, moment we, we share together. But for now, I just want to know that we left south of Portugal and about a week later, we were in the north of France. <laughs> it was very fun to go on that road trip with my children. And so... Uh, we were all the time in prayer, asking the Holy Spirit to, to guide us in where we're going to stay. And so we ended up, I ended up choosing, uh, we wanted to go to a city called Bahabizon, which is, uh, there are some artists there that, that we admire. Um, and so, um, so I found this little hotel, it was really not expensive, um, it was not very fancy, but it seemed a, a pleasant place to be at. And so I, I did the reservation online and we got there and uh, we had this really amazing surprise that the rooms were right in front of a beautiful lake and you felt like you were in a little piece of heaven. Oh my goodness, I love that place. And so uh, what, a, what a great surprise. And so... Um, we ended up meeting the, the manager of that hotel and um, all of a sudden he just started opening his life with me and he was talking about how his dad you know, his parents, both his parents had died he had been brought up by a half-sister that treated him like a servant in the house and he was very mistreated and very um um, rejected and there was so much pain in his life and and I said I said you know what 
every evening my children and I we study the Word of God and so there was an interest of the hotel and I said how about we do the Bible study here and you join us and um, you know French is his main language um, but uh, but he spoke some English so in the evening at a certain uh, time we planned that my children and I were there and he came and we started studying the Word of God and that was the first night the second night we were there again it was so powerful so wonderful to share the Word of God with the men he got saved he released forgiveness and God was doing something very very powerful in that moment but then um, a certain moment you know I told him because he was you know, a young single man and I said you know God wants to give you a family and he told me he shared with me he said um, you know I am <clears throat> I'm afraid of getting married because I'm afraid that if I die you know or if my my you know my wife divorces me and she takes the children away from me that my children will live the same thing that I lived that they're gonna go through the same thing that I went through and I said Lord how can I explain to him the fear cannot be a part of his life and I started ministering ministering to him about David and how David you know had been you know a child that was rejected a child that was you know, um, uh, came out of wedlock, and so he was, you know, that child that always reminded his dad of his sin. Um, his brothers rejected him, but how, you know, how David um, had to overcome all that, you know, become the the king. Well, before becoming, you know, the king of Israel, he was rejected again, and he thought, finally, I have a family. Finally, now I'm loved, I'm accepted. Here comes, you know, Saul and rejects him again. The father figure again rejecting the son, in this case, the son-in-law. And so, um, can you imagine how fearful, you know, David, you know, could feel about having a family, about being part of a family again. But God had to bring David through all that and overcoming many, many, many negative experiences and moments to become the king of Israel. And I told him, I said, I, I, I said, you know, you know, the gentleman, I said, I looked for the words in French and he helped me. And we came up with this, we don't know, with this little phrase. I said, La peur est plastre. Fear is like a cast. Do you know when someone breaks an arm and you have to put a cast around their arm? Well, fear is just like that. If you allow fear to start wrapping itself around you, it's going to continue. In the beginning, it, it, it's soft. It seems like you, know, you can control it. It seems like you can you know, define where it's going to go and how. But then it continues to wrap itself around you and more and more and more. And in just a short period of time, that cast that in the beginning was just, you know, some soft material, you know, dipped in, in, in you know, in that, that white material, you know, that we, we say gypsum, you know, I don't know how, how exactly word you use it in English, but all of a sudden that thing is hardened and now you cannot move your arm anymore. 
You cannot move your leg anymore. You cannot move your feet anymore. Because now that thing is stuck on you. And then you cannot move forward. You cannot make decisions because fear is dominating you. And it is, it's stopping you from making decisions. And so we cannot allow fear to become a cast. We cannot allow fear to be part of our lives. And there is this story in the Bible that I love, I absolutely love, that is in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse, starting verse 14. And it's talking about Elisha and his helper. <clears throat> so, verse 14. No one so one night, the king of Syria sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the prophet's servant got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Alas, my master, what shall we do now? He cried out to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, and that is his servant. For our army is bigger than theirs. Then Elisha prayed, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes so that he could see horses of fire and chariots of fire everywhere upon the mountain. As the Syrian army advanced upon them, Elisha prayed, Lord, please make them blind. And he did. And so there are four points here that I want to share with you from this story that helps us to things that we need to, to receive from the Lord, revelations, experiences, and, and you know some truths from the Word of God that will help us deal with fear. And so the very first one is when your spiritual eyes are open, then it will be easy to overcome fear. Why? Because when your spiritual eyes are open, you have a full understanding of what is happening. See, Elisha's spiritual experience and in fellowship with the Lord, you know, he was in, in communion with God. He was, you know, in intimacy with the Lord. And so he knew, he knew what God had planned for him. He said, I know who I am in God, and I know the things I still have to live with the Lord. Therefore, I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid because I know what God has promised me. My spiritual eyes are open. I know where I'm heading to. And so, in that moment, his spiritual eyes are open. You know, Elisha can see. Yes, there is an army coming against us, but Lord, I can see the chariots of fire. <laughs> The horse of fire, the angels, many, 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 many angels. And so he said, our army is bigger than theirs. Young man, you don't have to be afraid. And then he says, Lord, open his eyes. And right now I pray this. I pray that your spiritual eyes are open. I pray that you will receive from the Lord a very, very mighty uh, revelation of what is surrounding you. The situations you are dealing with, you can see, but I want you to see now how heaven 
is ready to help you how heaven is ready to step into your situation that the lord is not leaving you alone you are not alone god is right there with you helping you strengthening you sending his angels to be with you he'll give you he will give solution to situations that seem to not have any answer whatsoever and so he says so the very first thing you need to understand and you need to experience is to have your spiritual eyes open you need to see things the way God sees them you need to have your eyes open in Jesus name put your hand over your eyes say Lord open my spiritual eyes help me to discern the spiritual things help me to discern the hearts of men help me to discern the situations the correct way father in Jesus name second thing that you need to understand is that the one who lives in you is greater than the one who lives in the world so whatever it is that you're facing the Holy Spirit is much much greater much stronger much more powerful than the situation you are facing and we all hear this yeah God is great God is greater than everything but you need to receive this as a personal revelation you need to once and for all understand the Holy Spirit the one who lives in me he is greater he is more powerful than anything I'm facing this needs to become a reality for you. Not just the you know, a theological point. Not just the you know these things that you hear on Sunday from the pastor. You need to really understand the Holy Spirit who lives in you. He is greater than the devil. He is more powerful. He is wiser. He can always protect you. The angels of the Lord are there to help you. And they are more you know, in, in greater number and they're more powerful than the devil. And so these truths need to become a reality for you. So first thing is, your spiritual eyes need to be open. The second thing, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The Holy Spirit in you is greater than any situation, any situation you may face. The third thing is, Whoever becomes your enemy becomes God's enemy. And so God will defend you. So uh, let's read a few more verses there. Let's read from verse 19 on, which says, I'll read 19 again. As the Syrian army advanced upon them, Elisha prayed, Lord, please make them blind. And he did. Then Elisha went out and told them, you've come the wrong way. This isn't the right city. Follow me, and I will take you to the man you're looking for. And he led them to Samaria. As soon as they arrived, Elisha prayed, Lord, now open their eyes and let them see. And the Lord did. And they discovered that they were in Samaria, the capital city of Israel. When the king of Israel saw them, he shouted to Elisha, Oh, sir, shall I kill them? Shall I kill them? Of course not, Elisha said, told him. Do we kill prisoners of war? Give them food and drink, 
and send them home again. So the king made a great feast for them and then sent them home to their king. And after that, the Syrian raiders stayed away from the land of Israel. Guys, this story is pretty amazing. I mean, this would be an amazing movie to make. <laughs> Because you see that God um, makes the, 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 the army blind. But it's not that they're blind to everything. They were blind to Elisha and to exactly where they were. They didn't know where they were. And Elisha says, come here, I will guide you. And the men that had come to arrest, now is guiding them and they can now recognize him. Let me say something to you. You need to say a prayer like this, Lord, make me invisible to any evil. Lord, make me invisible to evil. In Jesus' name, that evil will not see me. If you have ever prayed this prayer and felt silly about it, I just gave a scripture here for you to base your faith, faith on. Is that God will make your enemies blind to you. They cannot see you. They cannot find you. They cannot strike you. They cannot reach you because their eyes are blind towards you. And in Jesus' name I pray right now that our children, they are protected, that the enemy is blind to them. The enemy cannot see our children. The enemy cannot see us, our car, our house, our churches, because God is making our enemies blind towards us in Jesus' name. And so whoever becomes your enemy becomes God's enemies. You need to receive this revelation right now. And understand if anybody rises up against you to fight against you, They are rising up against God because you are a child of God. And if they know unless they know you did something wrong, then you're deserving that type of persecution. But if you didn't do anything wrong, then God will defend you. And if anybody rises up and say, you know, I'm going to destroy that person. I'm going to destroy Patricia, I'm going to destroy John, I'm going to destroy Mary. I want, I want you to understand that when they say that, they just got in a fight with the God Almighty, the mightiest warrior there ever has been, which is our Lord, the Lord of the armies, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. And so you need to receive this revelation. There's no need for fear because if anybody rises up against you, they're rising up against God. And if they become your enemies, then they are God's enemies. Isn't this powerful, guys? So pray for protection. Exercise your authority. God has given you many, many um, spiritual um, uh, weapons so that you may use them in your favor, in favor of your family, of your city. And so why would you not use the, the, the weapons God has given you? And so, guys, you need to understand the third thing is whoever becomes your enemy becomes God's enemies. And God will strike them and do whatever He needs to do in order to protect you. It's interesting because right, right now, You know, Elisha guides them into Samaria, into the capital of, <laughs> of Israel. And then the, when the king of Israel sees that the enemies are there, should we kill them, Elisha? Elisha goes, no, 
don't kill them. And this teaches us something. When someone rises up against you, you know, I, I, I've been there, done that. Lord, send your fire upon them, consume them all. But this is a very, very dangerous prayer to do because we should not ask God, God, make justice for me. Because when we do that, we really are closing the heavens of the no of above our heads for to receive blessings. See, when God asked Job, uh, when God wanted to bless Job and heal him and get him out of that terrible trial moment he was going through, the Lord said, "Pray for your friends, because otherwise I'm going to kill them." And the Bible says that as Job prayed for them and blessed them, God started blessing Job. And so this is the Old Testament, guys. This is not even New Testament, okay? This is Old Testament. And right here, we see another example of someone in the Old Testament exercising mercy. And say, no, we shouldn't do that. And so the king of of Israel prepared a great feast. He wasn't just, oh, let me give him some you know, dry bread and water. No, 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 no. He prepared a feast for their enemies. And then sent them their way. And said that after that, for a long time, they did not come against them anymore. See, it doesn't mean they, they, they wouldn't ever come back because eventually they come back. But God is going to give you a lot of, a long period of peace. Many, many, many times of peace when you bless your enemy and you feed your enemy. Now, of course, we know the New Testament tells us to do that. Forgive them, pray for them, you know, give them food and water. Um, but we see an example in the Old Testament of someone who did that is very, very powerful. So if someone decides to be your enemy, they're just deciding to be God's enemies. You don't have to pray for justice. God will do justice for you as long as you forgive and you bless them and you feed them. Uh, and then leave everything else in God's hands. God knows how to deal with your enemies. And so let's remember, let's let's remind ourselves again. First thing is you need to have your spiritual eyes open so you can have the right perspective concerning the situations you're living. Second, the one who lives in you is greater than your situation. He is always, always greater than your situation. So there's no reason to fear. Third, whoever becomes your enemy becomes God's enemies. It's not your place to, you know, um, it's not, you shouldn't be praying for justice, for God to, you know, send fire from heaven to consume them. It, your job is to forgive them, to bless them, and to feed them and leave everything else in God's hands. <clears throat> the fourth thing is that you are seated in high places with the Lord, with Christ. It's there in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. And what does that mean? It means here, really, that you are out of reach of the enemy. So he can see you, but he cannot touch you. He cannot reach you. And so why would God still allow your enemy to see you? <laughs> and I heard a very interesting explanation from the pastor at Bethel Church in California. He said, I believe that God allows your enemy to see you, but not reach you because God is tormenting the enemy. <laughs> and so um, I found that extremely funny. 
but that's the truth see we say that a lot and we hear that a lot we are seated in the high places with christ in the heavenly places you know with where all the blessings are but have we really received that in our lives have we truly believed that truth that we are seated in the high places with christ and therefore the enemy cannot touch us well if you haven't been then I really receive this revelation, this truth. You need to start living it now. Because it is true. The enemy cannot touch you. You are out of reach of the devil. You, he cannot touch you. He cannot touch you. You are out of his reach. And so you need to lift up your head and understand you are the new Samuel prophet Samuel you are him now in the 21st century they know we are just going through this whole COVID-19 situation and if you're listening to it you know right now while we're going through it you're going to be able to say Lord I'm not afraid I'm not afraid of this virus I know whom I serve my spiritual eyes are open Lord I understand the situation. I understand that right now you are shaking the nations. You are shaking the church. You are shaking me. You are changing me, Lord. I have the right spiritual perspective in the situation. Lord, I understand that you are greater. The, the one who lives in me is greater than you know, this virus out there, this situation. I belong to you, Lord. You protect me. Also, Lord, I understand that whoever, Lord, comes against me is your enemy. So if this virus tries to come against me, you are going to be dealing with it, Lord. And I'm not going to be the one dying. The virus is going to be the one dying because my God protects me. And fourth, I know I am seated in the high places with Christ. I'm out of reach. Lord, I thank you that this virus is not going to touch me. And if it does touch me, then I'm going to overcome it easily. I'm going to go through it and I'm going to overcome it and I'm going to become healthy again. I'm going to live everything that God has for me. None of God's promises concerning my life will fall to the ground. Guys, let me say this concerning our very first point, having our spiritual eyes open has everything to do with understanding God's plans for you. When you have God's promises, when you know where He's leading you to and the things that you have to live and fulfill in the kingdom and how God has a calling in your life you are not going to be afraid you know you're not going to have a premature death because you know you have to live those things that God promised you embrace God's plans for you embrace his um, his dreams for you and understand one once and for all you need to understand this god is with you he is for you he is not against you he loves you and he's there to protect you and so mounting of fear we're conquering you you're no longer going to be a cast around us stopping us from moving but we overcome you we rebuke you in the name of jesus and we receive a brand new perspective. Our spiritual eyes are open. The one who lives in us is greater than any situation we might face. 
And whoever becomes my enemy is God's enemies and God's going to deal with them. I don't even have to ask for justice. God will deal with them. And Lord, I think that we are sitting in the high places with you. We love you so much, Lord. Thank you for speaking to us through your word. Thank you guys for watching this, for, for listening to this, for spending um, for spending time with me and in the word of God. And so may you be blessed. Have a blessed day, a blessed evening. And remember, fear has no place in you. In Jesus' name, God bless you.